Back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop on 937 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com. just a few minutes away from the Big 12 football schedule release, which I think will be one of the best years in Big 12 football history. I uh, forgot. So I'm really excited to see and it. And now I'm super excited that you told me that those four teams are joining. Oh, yeah. I forgot And they're going to be part of the scheduling. And Texas and Oklahoma are still are in still it. still there. Yeah, this is going to be a fun year. I'm but so excited. TCU already leaked it. And Oklahoma fans are freaking out because they play TCU at Oklahoma on Friday, November 24th. Ooh, Friday. Ooh. Hey. Freaking Black out. Friday? It, now, so I follow a couple Oklahoma guys. I follow a couple Oklahoma guys on Twitter. And, I mean, it's guys we've had on the show. Yep. Um, Chris Plank is one of them. Shout out to Chris Plank. And... He, I mean, they they were freaking out because they they're playing a Friday game against TCU. Well, they like, used to play the bad, Friday they, game. They don't like they don't like a Friday game. They don't like that idea. They, they didn't like the idea of a Friday game. Well, they don't like playing at eleven a.m. every Saturday. They don't well, like Friday games. Well, what do they want? They're going to move to the SEC and they'll be happy. Yeah. Everything will be happy. <laughs> well, they won't. no, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> I we'll actually see. I actually think Oklahoma's set up really well for the Big Ten. Better, excuse me, the SEC. I think they're going to go through one year of struggle. I think I think Oklahoma set and it's up. It's going to be better. really interesting. I think Oklahoma set up better than Texas. We'll have to see. Brent Venables did yes. not have a great year to start there. Texas, I'm not, maybe, uh, cr- which is crazy. I, I'm not concerned. Now I know we're not supposed to like like Oklahoma and stuff. I'm not concerned about Brent Venables, and I really like Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Mm. I really like it. Um, he got them their first five-star defensive commit or signee mm-hmm. since the, like 2015. Um, I mean, if you remember some of those Clemson defenses, if if it sets up, we knew the Dab. I mean, the Dab or not the Dabo. Brett Venables' move was definitely one to position them well for the SEC, and they were okay. I think they're okay right now. To where if they struggle in the Big 12, it's okay because they are going to then transition easier to the SEC. Even if they struggle, because that doesn't make how sense. They play because of how they play. So you play mm, because if you I can't. Think, so what you're telling me is if if they struggle in the Big Twelve, that the way that they're constructed, that I, they'll be the okay way, in the SEC. The, the way that their roster will be experienced and constructed, and and, and have ex, like I should say like playing experience by yeah. the time they get into the SEC, when they get all of Brent Venables' recruits in that are now experienced guys in the college football game, when they move, make this move to the SEC, I personally feel like they'll be situated better. Mm, I don't know. If they don't – And, and they maybe don't, I'm talking about the defense. You, yeah, I mean, they're, I they're not going to be – they're not going to be quarterback you with Jalen Hurts. They're not going to get – they're not going to get, you know, Spencer Rat- – like, they're not going to get some five-star – I think they did out of – I think they actually did. I think they got Jackson Arnold this year, which is like the 10th best player in the country um, and one of the top quarterbacks. But – I, I like you can call me crazy and that's totally fine. I'm gonna call you crazy. That's okay. I don't know but if you way... struggle in the Big Twelve if you can just say that the experience that you got while playing in the Big Twelve will transition well to the SEC and set you up for success. I think the that Big they'll 12. be. I think it could be any conference. Well, I like... think that they'll be good in the in the SEC, but I think it's going to take a couple of years just because of I I, I don't know just because of the way that Oklahoma is currently constructed, even with Brent Venables. You have now a coach who's going to be three years in, and if you know anything about how Brent Venables is going to run his program, 
it's completely different than Lincoln Riley. Completely different to where there are former players involved. There are people. There are players that want to be around the program because Brent Venables is one of them now. Mm-hmm. You have the ultimate support from Joe Castiglione, the uh, athletic director for Oklahoma. Where to if you want Oklahoma had to completely switch identities. Yes, they, they have had to completely switch identities, and that's why the Brent Venables move set them up better for the SEC. Because when you bring in a guy like Brent Venables, that's I don't want to say 180 because you have a guy like Jeff Lebby as offensive coordinator. Now, with Alabama not getting the Washington offensive coordinator, Jeff Lebby is definitely a name to watch there for that new off, that offensive coordinator at Alabama opening. But when you look at this identity flip from completely a high-powered offense that they were with, with Spencer Rattler and, and Jalen Hurts, C.D. Lamb, and Kennedy Brooks and all that – when you look at what they wanted to do with under Lincoln Riley and have this complete identity flip with Brett Venables to where you're going to need an identity flip. You're going to similar to Nebraska, similar to Nebraska, mm-hmm. where you can't have the Scott Frost type of offense and expect to win in the Big Ten or win in the Big Ten Conference. Um, and we'll actually get to that a little bit more in, in the happy hour. But with Oklahoma, it sets them up well because the players that fit their identity and the identity or they've been trying to play that way in the Big 12 for these mm-hmm. last 2 years which it takes time it takes growing pains excuse me so then when they're in year 3 of that identity it, their people the the roster is going to be constructed under that identity not guys that are trying to flip from Lincoln Riley to Brent Venables now i'm not saying that i completely disagree with you but i am saying that if they do struggle again this year then i don't know how much success I see them having in the SEC. But if they are if they do have success this season in the Big Twelve, then yes, I completely agree with you that the that the flip, the change in identity, and everything that Brent Venables, an extremely hardworking coach from everything that I've heard, um, everything that he's doing, that Oklahoma will have success. And I, I think that they recruit at a high enough clip to have success in the SEC. But if they struggle again in the Big Twelve, which is even though they had a better year this year, even though it is a pretty good conference, it's not the SEC. If they struggle again this year, it's hard for me to see them being successful right away two years into their tenure in the SEC. Gotcha. Well, and keep in mind, TC, I mean, the Big 12 um, really struggled in the postseason. They were the only conference to really do. Everybody else was at 500, whatever. Nothing really meant, nothing to mention. TCU, of course, won a playoff game. Uh, but then, you know, what happened against Georgia um, yeah. really <laughs> beat that back down. Kind of took that playoff win yeah. away. But I, I'm, I am fascinated in Oklahoma football and, and to see if Venables, because like you're saying, if they don't if they don't win right away, they're in a, they're in a spot because you don't want to – um, this year, Oklahoma fans just remember last year they had like the the more than a hundred thousand at the spring game. I mean, they were excited. They're jacked yeah. uh, for football down in Norman, and they're not gonna they're not gonna sit around for five hundred football too long. So if they struggle this year, it's gonna be interesting. Are they gonna have the patience to wait through? You don't want to go into the SEC. You wouldn't think with a brand new coaching staff and and to study it all over, but. Um, I I do. I expect Oklahoma to get better. I expect them to compete this year. But if they don't, I just don't know how much patience they'll have with Venables. I don't think you fire anybody in in, in year two as long as you know you, you bring a winning record home. But um, they, they, the expectations are pretty high in Norman, so we'll kind of see there. Uh, I did want to mention this too. Uh, here's a fact that I found um, on uh, on online here. Um, Kirby Smart has coached in forty percent of the national title games in the last twenty years. So maybe, you know, now well, it's as an assistant and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. But altogether, <laughs> you, you kind of think, uh, you know, now the secret's out. But, it, you know, looking back, 
just get Kirby Smart on your staff. Obviously, that's uh, that's half the half the battle. So is the 40%. LSU uh, defensive back coach in 2003-2004 with Nick Saban. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, was with Nick Saban for a long time as a defensive coordinator. Uh, four times there from 2008 to 2016, and now he's been to the national title game three times as the Georgia head coach. Of course, has won twice, uh, and altogether has been on the winning side. So he's been to the championship game eight times and has won seven of them. So that is crazy. Kirby Smart. Uh, and and he too, I think, as we talk about head coaches in college football, you know, obviously he's he's got to be right at the top. Has he surpassed? You know, currently, I guess you, you, it would be easy to say, but has he surpassed Dabo on like the historically? If you just say who's the second best yes. coach yes. in college football, yeah, I would I would say so because they both have two titles now. I, I still remember like the whole firing of Mark Richt. I was very surprised because yeah. he it's he wasn't bad. It was consistently. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, you know what? We're going to go with Kirby Smart. And it was like, oh, yeah. this is weird. And now, and they great went, job. Remember, they went 500 his first year, yeah. too. And so now, hey, great job. Brent Venable's defensive-minded thing might be around the corner as well. That's interesting to wonder about Brent – or not Brent, um, Dabo and Kirby because this last season with Clemson and this whole, like, DJ Uyunglele blow-up. It was weird. It, it's, it's kind of tarnished our views on Dabo, I think. Hmm. Which you don't want to you don't want to make that off of just one player, but I think it's it's sort of changed because if DJ Uyunglele would have panned out exactly how we thought he was going to coming out of St. John Bosco, Clemson probably w- would have been competing for the playoff this year, like more, yes. more aggressively. Which it's also weird because that they. they We'd look at them as having failed the last couple of years, and they won their mm-hmm. conference last season. Yeah, <laughs> that's like well, the most disappointing conference champion. He was, he was just tad like DJ was just tabbed as the next great right. thing at the quarterback position. Well, think about what he's had to follow. I mean, that's, it's had to, hard two quarterbacks was, I mean, to follow. Think about yeah. it. Taj Boyd was a was a, a serviceable, if not a, bu- a notch above, you know, good quarter quality. Oh yeah, he was quarterback, really good quarterback. For, for Clemson. And that was kind of the start of it all. And then it was Deshaun Watson. Then you had Trevor Lawrence. Then you had um, now now, now DJ, DJ. Uyunglele, and Uyunglele, now. but now Clay, Cade Klubnik. So it's like it's just this long list that unfortunately maybe they just don't have a Sammy Watkins on the, on the <laughs> or or a Travis Etienne in the back. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that helps a little bit. Who was it? They had like three guys at the time: Watkins, Sammy Martavius Wa- Sammy, Bryant, and there was another big it was, name. It in was there. Ross, Justin Ross. No, no, Justin T. Higgins. Ross, Justin Ross was uh, with Washington. Um, T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Mm. Wasn't that when? Didn't Mike Williams go there? One yeah, of the Mike I mean, Williamses. Yeah, one of the Mike Williams. Because yeah, there's like because there's like three. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Justin Ross, I believe. Yes, Justin Ross, because he uh, he ran like a four three one or something uh, with the Adidas cleats and got like an island. No, or Justin something. Ross did go to Clemson. Yeah, yeah and okay. he won like the four three and won like an island or something All in the right. Adidas cleats. Won an island? It was something weird. They were giving away something. I do think you're right about that, actually, now that I remember that. Uh, all right, that'll wrap it up for the crossover and the ticket water cooler happy hour. Coming up next year on 93.7 The Ticket. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>